Welcome to a great day for Hockey Talk. Brought to you by our founding partner, PPG, official paint of the Penguins. Here's Paul Steigerwald. Hello again, everybody, and welcome once again to It's a Great Day for Hockey Talk. It's always fun to talk to Darius Kasparaitis, one of the more interesting characters to ever play for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He was a fierce competitor, known for his big hits and uh, also for his sense of humor. He was really great with the media when he was here in Pittsburgh from 1996 to 2002. He's of Lithuanian descent, originally drafted by the New York Islanders, played for the Penguins, the Avalanche, and the Rangers, as well as the Islanders. A four-time Olympian, three-time medalist, winning a gold medal, a silver medal, and a bronze medal. He received the title of Honored Master of Sports of the USSR in 1992 and was inducted into the Russian and Soviet Hockey Hall of Fame in 2016. His 28 career Olympic Games is a record among Russian national team's players. I had the pleasure of talking to Darius Kasparaitis from his home in Florida. Casper, first of all, uh, I'm amazed at how long you've maintained uh, an interest in still playing the game. If I'm not mistaken, you were still trying to play in 2018 for Lithuania in the World Championships? Yes, not try to play. I actually played. And, <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, you know, we played. I played, and uh, you know, I had a good time. Uh, we won uh, first place. We, uh, you know, we were uh, uh, were promoted to the next division, which is division below the the, the elite division. And uh, this year they lost, so they went back to division two again. So you know what? I I, I love the game. You know, I, I love skating. I love playing. You know, I, I always. Uh, I always confuse when people retire. You know, they don't want to do anything with hockey. Maybe for the health reasons, but I feel like the more you skate, you know, the the, the healthier you are, and it's something that I love to do. You know, so uh, I try to keep skating. I try to skate three times a week. Still, still, that's great. Um, let's go back all the way back to where you were in Electronai, Lithuania, as a young boy. Uh, how did you get introduced to the game, and um, how did you, uh, you know? develop your passion for wanting to play at a high level? Well, I think, uh, you know, the reason I joined hockey because I really liked uh, the equipment. You know, I, I saw all the kids in my neighborhood, uh, you know, playing uh, hockey and going to the hockey practice because I live in a very small village. So we used to dress up and dress up at home and walk to the ring. So I saw uh, all the kids uh, doing that and I really fell in love with the equipment. And, uh, and the moment uh, when I was eight years old, uh, the first time I, I met my coach, he, 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 you know, he came to school and asked who wants to join a hockey, uh, you know, uh, a hockey team. And I was the first guy in, you know, so I, I loved it. And, and I feel like, you know, we, 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 we did it in the summertime. So the first time I actually skated in my life, I was very shocked that I could, you know, I, I was thinking I'm going to fall and uh, it'd be uncomfortable for me to do that. But I was actually skating pretty good right away. And I realized maybe, you know, that was uh, something for me. It was meant to be, to be a hockey player. Of course, over here, you know, for years and years, they've always had rules about checking uh, when you're a young lad. Um, so you, here you are, eight years old, starting to play the game, and it wasn't long, too long, really, in the grand scheme of things, that you were leaving home to go play in, uh, you know, f- uh, f- uh, organized hockey in Moscow, I guess. But yeah. have you, but, be- but before that, like say like when you're 11 years old, like when did you develop your <laughs> – your desire to hit and play that physical brand of hockey that you played later on? 
I don't know. You know, was, uh, I think uh, I realized that hockey was a sport for me because, you know, when I got frustrated, I would just, you know, go and start hitting kids. And I feel like, you know, that was, uh, I, 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 I never forget my first hit, you know, when I was like maybe nine or ten. I know this guy was uh, trying to meet, beat me one-on-one and I actually hip-checked him, you know. And I was like, wow, that was so cool. You know, I realized that, you know, I can uh, uh, express my frustration by playing physical. I, I didn't really concentrate on that, you know. I knew that, you know, Soviet, you know, even when I was 14, when I moved to Russia, I realized that, you know, uh, they they wanted the game. They wanted to play the game certain way, of puck control, puck possession, and uh, and uh, and and that's why I feel like you know it was more like you know 80s, uh, 90s uh, Russian style hockey. So uh, the, the the hitting was not you know hitting was not really big part of it. Uh, but we always knew that Canadians or Americans would play physical game against us. So we we have to be very brave and hit them back. So I feel like when we play those teams, we kind of had the green light to hit him. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and you definitely like to, to take that green light uh, to your advantage. Um, so you're 14 years old. Uh, that's pretty young to be leaving home and going all the way to Moscow from Electronai, Lithuania. Uh, talk about that experience when you first left your parents and went uh, to Moscow. Well, it was tough. You know, I was homesick. You know, uh, I was... Uh... Uh, basically, new country. I thought that my Russian language was good, but when I moved to Russia, uh, I realized that was not really good, you know. And I, I switched from uh, speaking Lithuanian all the time. I had to speak Russian all the time. So I went to Russian speaking school also. You know, it was very tough for me. They told me just to sit in the back of the class and don't say anything. We give you, like, C-. minus. So, uh, you know, I did it for two years. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I was homesick. You know, my first year, after my first year playing in Russia, Actually, uh, I went back for the summer uh, for like a month. I went back to Russia again, and I actually ran away. I, I came home, and I told my mom, I don't want to play hockey in Russia anymore. I want to stay home in Lithuania. But uh, thanks thanks to my mom and my my, my childhood coach, they drove me back to Moscow the next day. You know, and uh, that was, I think, a turning point in my career that, you know, uh, they realized that, you know, my I have a good talent, and uh, they wanted to quit on it. So uh, you know, it was it was tough. It was tough. You know, fourteen-year-old kid, fifteen-year-old kid being uh, alone in a big city like Moscow is very tough. You know, I was always hungry. You know, we didn't have enough food. Uh, you know, we we are like you know. I remember with Alex Kovalev, uh, guys like that, Andrei Nikolic, we we grew up together. So we used to steal food from each other, hide <laughs> <laughs> and things like that. You know, it was it was a tough times, but we we had a blast. No, it was cool to to bring back the memories. Now we had a blast. You know, we we had freedom to do whatever we want, and uh, as long as we show up and play and practice hard, you know, uh, whatever happens after, I don't think nobody nobody cared. So did you go to a school? It was a particular school that you went to, where everybody was together all day and then played hockey. Is that how it went? Yeah, it was a specific sports school. So we had different athletes from different sports, but the school was all athletes, you know, from the figure skaters, uh, box, whatever. It was just uh, kids who were into sports. So uh, my class was, uh, I had a couple guys from my uh, my team in my class, but uh, the class uh, next door was most of the, my teammates were in that class. So I think we all, you know, went to the same school. So we usually skated in the morning. And then we went to school, and after school we had another practice. So it was more like organized uh, sports education uh, school, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, 
now you're 16 years old and you get a chance to play against men for Moscow Dynamo. Is that tr- is that right? So at, at 16. Yeah, the first time I was invited to a uh, main team, you know, Dynamo Moscow, the the men men's team. Uh, and uh, I remember they put me in a lineup. I was shocked because, you know, coming from Lithuania, uh, and and I was just very, you know, nervous. And, uh, yeah, I had a couple. Of, I played two games that year as a 16-year-old, and which was uh, huge, you know, because uh, playing against guys like Fetisov and Larionov, Kafatonov, you know, they were already uh, accomplished players in playing for the national team. And I remember playing one game against them. You know, it was just, uh, I was so ner- nervous. I remember I had to wear a mask, and uh, I, I sat most most of the game on the bench. I had a couple of shifts, but still, it was very, uh, very scary experience for me. Great, though. You know, just amazing story. So, now, I want to take you a little bit further along now, because I first heard of you at the 1991 draft. Uh, Scotty Bowman had seen you. And he wanted to draft you. You could only draft players 18 years old or 19 years old uh, in the first three rounds up until 1991. So if you didn't go in the first three rounds, you would have had to wait till the next year, which is what happened. But Scotty Bowman wanted to select you in 91 in one of the first three rounds because he had seen you. And the ownership of the Penguins didn't want anyone to select any Russian players. Of course, maybe if they had known you were Lithuanian and not actually Russian, they might have thought differently of it. But anyway, uh, I don't know if you remember that story, but I think Scotty was there the day or the night that you punched your own teammate in front of the net. Could you tell that story? And if you remember any of that about being available maybe for the draft but not being selected in 91. Yeah, I remember that because I played in 91 uh, World Juniors, and uh, I, had, I think I, I had a good tournament. And uh, I remember that, you know, I realized that it was, you know, scouts and uh, you can get drafted. But uh, I remember that I never, I never, I, I didn't really focus on that. So, I, I, you know, I never got drafted. I, I think Alexi Kovalev got drafted that year. And, uh, yeah, I touched my own goalie because he didn't play that good. So after the game, <laughs> uh, you know, when you go, uh, Tap the goal in the pass, you know, I just punched him in the head because he, he was terrible, you know, and I was very upset. So uh, I feel like, you know, uh, I know that the Phil Esposito told me the same thing. So when he saw me do that, he goes, oh, this kid is, this kid hates to lose, you know, and uh, and I think that's why, you know, he, he actually told me, you were, you, were, you were thinking, you know, the first overall, I remember, 92 draft went to Roman Hammerley, you know, and Phil said that, you know, Phil was really interesting to draft me. And, uh, but I was not tall enough uh, and uh, whatever, maybe, maybe already older because I missed my draft year, the previous year, you know. So, uh, you know, well, things worked out good because in 92 I was drafted fifth overall by New York Islanders. And, uh, and if the Pittsburgh drafted me in the year previously, you know, so maybe they would have three semi-cups in a row. <laughs> I agree <laughs> because because yeah. they wouldn't have had to play against you in '93. And Mario Lemieux knocking Lazell down, or Casparitis who gets up and knocks Lemieux flat, and play continues. And now Casparitis goes back at Lemieux, and Fossett didn't see it. Oh boy! Here's Rick Tockett to Mario. Casparitis on him again. Down he goes. This time he'll get called. In front of his net to Yager. Kasparaitis lined him up and nailed him. And Yager's down. Oh, a blind pass and Kasparaitis 
had Yager lined up from about 10 feet away. There is no doubt which team wins the battle of the bodies here tonight. It's uh, amazing that night. I, I was there that night calling the game with Mike Lang in 93. Uh, the Islanders building was so antiquated that we, they put us with all the different TV feeds. Mike and I, Mike had to call the game in the end zone when we were on Long Island for those games. Well, you know how hard it is to call a hockey game from the end zone from behind the net, yeah. but that's what he had to do. But uh, we also had a good view of that uh, that incident with Mario where uh, now that looking at it back on it, I you know it, 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 now that I'm seeing the whole thing, I see why you got so upset because Mario – cross-checked you in the back as you were going back towards the corner and you went down and kind of head first into the boards and then you were not happy with Mario after that and you two had an amazing battle. Uh, take me back to that moment and how you felt. You had to know who Mario was, but you didn't seem to care all that much. Oh, not really. That was my first year in the league, so I really, you know, I knew, of course, who Mario Lemieux was, you know, and Gretzky and all the big, uh, big name players. I was just upset that there was no penalty called, you know. So, uh, looking back, looking now on YouTube videos, you know, I look like an idiot, but, <laughs> you know, I act like a crazy person. But, you know, uh, I was young, like 10, 20 years old, you know, uh, so I was just uh, in the heat of the moment. I was using my frustration, but uh, it's funny that there was no penalty call until the, maybe two minutes later in the, in the play behind the net when I punched him again. So, I got the penalty, and now I got upset. <laughs> but, uh he was cool, you know, in the playoff. Because, you know, the reason uh, I was so relaxed uh, that, that series against Penguins, because nobody gave us any chance to win to win even uh, one game. I remember people saying that, you know, if you win one game, we'll give you a free lunch or something like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're totally underdogs. And uh, we knew that if we lose, we lose. If we win, it would be awesome. You know, I feel like, you know, and that's what happened. I think uh, maybe uh, maybe Pittsburgh uh, under, underestimated us too, uh, too much because I remember even being in Pittsburgh before the game seven and uh, being uh, up three one two minutes left in the game. I think and Pittsburgh say, okay, let's just tie this game up, and they did that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so the talent was so you know so big in, in, in you know for that team. So uh, it was kind of cool to see you know see us win you know and uh, accomplish that. Which is still very huge and still 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 very big in Long Island. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And your coach was a, a legend, and Al Arbor. Do you do you remember an impact he made on you uh, as a rookie? Yeah, I did actually. You know, uh, he helped me a lot. You know, because I, when I came to a league, you know, I didn't really. He was like a father figure to me. You know, because he was tough on me, but next, you know, but. Uh, then you know it was nice, you know. So basically, if I behave badly or did something bad, he would get mad at me, you know, and talk to me, and uh, you know, in a certain tone of voice. But then suddenly, you know, maybe two hours or one day later, he would give me a hug or just, you know, he he, he had a smile, you know, with his big glasses uh, on him, and he just made me feel so comfortable, you know. Only one thing he bothered me about my weight, you know, I always check my weight almost every day, you know. He always bring the scale on the road and see <laughs> how much I weigh. And he would get upset if I would be like, you know, half a couple pounds extra, uh, the, you know, next day. So remember, that was the one thing that I didn't like about Al, about checking my weight every day. And how much were you supposed to weigh? Oh, it was so funny. I came to NHL, it was 190, and then uh, after the playing one season in the league and eating a lot of barbecue, I came to the next <laughs> training camp, it was 220. <laughs> you know, so 
So Al was very shocked. That, how can I gain 30 pounds in one year? Uh, so uh, basically tried to get me down to 210. And uh, and uh, I remember that, you know, he's kidding me hard a couple of times. But uh, he made me realize that, you know, playing in the NHL, you have to be a professional because nobody's going to take care of uh, you except you, you know. So he gave me, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of possibilities to change as a player and I see that, you know, I have to watch what I eat and, uh, and, and things like that. But, you know, he, he was a big, big mentor to me. And then you came to Pittsburgh a few years later and uh, amazing uh, time in Pittsburgh, six years. You played longer in Pittsburgh than you did in Long Island, so really you spent more time with the Penguins than any team. Do you tend to identify as a Penguin now? Like if you said uh, what team would be the one that would be – you'd be most associated with? Would it be the Islanders or the Penguins or both, do you think? Well, I think I also played for the Rangers, if you remember. Yes, you did. Oh, yeah, and Colorado. But Colorado. I feel like, you know, I was, uh, you know, because I played the most uh, in, uh, in the Penguins uniform, you know, I had more, most, the best uh, career, best hockey years in Pittsburgh, you know. I feel like, you know, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to kind of associate with one team, but of course, you no, know, I, you know, I always going to be a Penguin same as I was in the Islander or the Ranger, you know, even I, I didn't play as much as I played for the Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh made a lot, uh, you know, I, 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 I always consider myself a Penguin, you know what I'm saying? Because mm, yeah. uh, playing for a living, in the, my daughter was born in Pittsburgh, you know, my oldest child, and uh, just being part of the community and, uh, and basically living there for six years. You know, I had a blast. You know, it was it, it, it was a great. You know, I, I wish I, I retired there and played 10, 12 years, but you know, business is business, and I, I always have a great memories about Pittsburgh because you know I gave my soul uh, to that organization, and and I, I, I was very proud to be a Penguin. And the Penguins uh, had an organization where you could let your hair down a little, literally for you. Uh, would you agree? Yeah. It was like an environment where you could have fun and also work hard and win. I was shocked when I got traded from New York uh, Islanders. I came. Uh, I remember my first practice. EJ was running in the practice, and uh, guys were not wearing helmets, no shoulder pads, and uh, it was just a nice, calm skate. Uh, being, uh, you know, coming from New York, losing and uh, having Mike Milbury screaming at you uh, all day. Uh, <laughs> I, I was like, wow, you know, this is crazy. Then going on the plane, I remember we had a road trip. I, I was going on the plane, and everybody's playing cards. Uh, it was just such a cool environment, you know. I was like, wow, this is fun. They, these guys make hockey fun. So uh, I loved it. You know, Pittsburgh was cool, you know. Uh, uh, maybe it changed a lot since I left, but, you know, we had a very good character coaches, you know, started with Kevin Constantine, EJ, you know, Ivan Halinka, Herb Brooks, you know. Uh, uh, it was, it was you know, having a lot of European players playing on the team, you know. It was, it was just fun. I, I remember our team was... Uh, we play hard, and we had a you know a lot of good times. But at the same time, you know, we made game you know very interested and very fun to watch. When you came to the Penguins, Mario was still playing. He retired, and then you were there still when he made his comeback. But I, I, yeah. I and I'm thinking to myself, there was I saw a quote where he, Mario said to you when you first came back. You now you had had that battle in the playoffs, and maybe he didn't think too kindly of you at that point, but he kidded you about, we're going to have to start wearing shoulder pads in practice now with you here or something like that. Is that true? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember that when I got traded. I, I was actually shocked when I got traded to Pittsburgh because I, I, I thought I was most hated player in Pittsburgh. You know? <laughs> and then when I got traded there, I was like, 
oh my god, what like how like how how is gonna you know how's this thing gonna work? I like this guy started hating, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was cool, you know. They all met me, uh, you know. They made me feel comfortable. Mario made me feel comfortable by taking my money in the poker games. <laughs> so, uh, so it just yeah, the things, you know. My, you know, I had a, I had a blast being a penguin and playing in Pittsburgh, you know, with the guys like you, Jagger, Francis, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, uh, Tom Barras, you know. It was just, it was just, it, they were very great athletes and they're very great people, you know. Why did you grow your hair so long, Casper? It was just, uh, you know, now we have Chris Letang, who sometimes seems to look a little bit like you, only with dark hair. But I, I it was a, seemed to become your kind of your trademark. Uh, you know what? I stopped believing this thing, Samson. If I cut my hair, I'm going to have bad luck. So I just <laughs> let it go. You know what I'm saying? And, yes, uh, I do. And then it was my, you know, it was my kind of, you know, mojo. Everybody knew who I was. So I remember before I got traded, or maybe it was seasons before that, after the season, I was so sick of tired people recognizing me everywhere in Pittsburgh, so I cut my hair short. I remember going out uh, one night and nobody would recognize me. I was like, wow, this is cool. You know, because Pittsburgh is not a big town, so people really follow uh, the team, you know. So when I had my long hair, everybody knew exactly you know, who I was. But uh, I don't know, it was just something that, you know, I went through life, you know, with the long hair. And looking back now and showing my kids my picture with the long hair, they're, they're making fun of me. Yeah, meanwhile, that then it really was your trademark because people really did recognize you because of it, and it was awesome. Um, it was just such a, a paradox because you were so tough, and then you had this long cool. hair. It just was a cool combination. Um, so 98 rolls around. Like, you, you guys played the Flyers in the playoffs, and I looked at some video, and they were knocking you guys around pretty good in that 97 series. You know, they had the, the big Legion of Doom line, they had, yeah. you know, and those guys were pretty physical on you. And then 98 comes around, and Eric Lindros uh, became a little bit more vulnerable, I think, perhaps because he always had his head down. But you caught him one day in the neutral zone in Pittsburgh, and, uh, you know, it was he missed 18 games after that with one of the severe concussions that he got. And they're going after Kasparaitis. The Flyers very concerned. Lindros took a blow to the head, knocked the helmet right off, and he is dazed. Now he's in trouble. Looking back on it, how do you feel about that hit, how it affected Eric Lindros's career, and just in general, the reaction that you got uh, in the building that day when you when you put that hit on Eric Lindros? Well, first of all, I feel bad that, you know, it got hurt, but uh, it, it happened so fast. You know, I don't really, you know, concentrating on hurting people, but I knew that they have a power play and, uh, you know, they were breaking out in the power play. I just, you know, tried to keep hold the blue line and I, yeah, I saw Eric skating, uh, you know, and I didn't really realize, you know, he had his head down. I just finished my check. That's all I did, you know. But then, uh, you know, by the crowd reaction, uh, you know, the, the building erupted and I realized, you know, he got hurt because right away, you know, flyer, flyer, flyer players jumped on me, you know, tried to, you know, punish me for the, the things I did. Uh, and I realized, you know, that was a big hit and Eric was injured. So it, it, it's very, uh, you know, hard to see, except Alex Morozov, you know, he was very celebrating that on the bench. You know? Oh, he was? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember yeah, that. <laughs> you can see the video you know, when, uh, when you go, I go on the bench, he's like tapping my shoulder and like laughing, uh, smiling. So, you know, he got in trouble actually next day because we played back-to-back games with, with Flyers. Uh, but 
Yeah, you know, that's how I play. You know, I, I, I play like that. It doesn't matter if it was Eric or not. Unfortunately, it was Eric. And, uh, you know, I played with him in New York uh, for a couple of years. And he, he, he called me on a, on, a, on a eve of July 1st, uh, inviting me to play for the Rangers. You know, so it, it, it was just an accident, uh, you know, that he got hurt. But at the same time, you know, uh, I remember the, 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 the Penguin fans were going crazy. They were. And, I, Casper, I also know that, you know, just because of the way you were built, you had that low center of gravity, you had that big butt, and you could get down in that crouch position and really, you know, you, you mentioned earlier about throwing that hip check and liking it. Well, that was something you were really good at, and I think because of the way you were built, your hip checks often took guys out a little lower, you know, down by the knees, and it looked like you were trying to take guys' knees out, but you just were built in a way that made it possible for you to do that. But eventually, the league kind of took exception to the way you were doing that and almost legislated against you. Don't you, re- you remember that? It was like the Casparitis rule, if you will. Yeah, yeah, I remember they made a clipping uh, clipping rule. If uh, you hit the guy lower than his knees or something, hip check the guy, so they call it clipping. Yeah. So I remember I was usually uh, got called a couple times by hip checking. I remember uh, hip check auto against Flyers, and I got called for clipping because you know I went too low. But Otto was like uh, seven feet tall. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I don't know. You know. Uh, <laughs> I, I always say that I play in the perfect time. You know, if I play 10 years before, I would probably get killed by somebody's stick. Or if I play now, I probably get suspended uh, a couple of times because, you know, it's it's a different game now. And I feel like, you know, what I play, I think 90s, you know, for me was perfect, you know, because I can play physical and uh, I have the referees to protect me <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and things like that. So I know the hip check was uh, part of my game. Uh, then suddenly it was, you know, I have to be careful how low I go. But you know, I just when you play when you play physical hockey or when when you're here like me, you know, you don't really think about uh, when you go hit somebody. You just go hit somebody to finish check. You don't really uh, you know try to kill anyone or you just want to finish. You know, you want to make a nice highlight, of course, but you don't want to hurt anyone. You know, so sometimes unfortunately guys get hurt and they thought that I was cheap and uh, tried to take the knees out. But uh, honestly, I didn't really think about it. So, uh, you know, we're talking about hitting and that being such a big part of who you are, and and rightfully so, but the one thing that seems to be remembered by a lot of people is a famous goal that you scored, uh, Casper, in 2001 to win a series in Buffalo. Taking over on the play is Robert Lang. He's got a trigger. Here's Casper Reiters. Wristing one. He shoots and scores. The Pittsburgh Penguins have won the series in overtime. Darius Casparitis. And ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building. <laughs> of all the candidates you could talk about, probably one of the most least likely would be defenseman Darius Kasparitis, and he gets the game winner. I'm sure that that's something that uh, you're very proud of. Oh, yeah, you know, that's nothing uh, you can, uh, you know, that's one of the highlights of my career in NHL, you know. I remember even dreaming about scoring in a game seven or in overtime in, in playoffs. I remember a room, uh, my roommate was Rene Corbet, and we're talking about if you score in overtime, a game winner, how do we celebrate? I said, first of all, we never score. And I remember Rene told me, you know, he's probably not, not even going to play. So uh, we're just, you know, joking around. And the next day, you know, when I scored, uh, and the celebration, everything, you know, was just uh, pure joy. I didn't really practice there, or you know, I was just like so 
uh, excited, you know, that the puck went in and we won, you know. So uh, to just, uh, you know, the slide on my belly, I was just, this was actually uh, like, you know, like a little kid, you know, enjoying the moment and, 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 and having your teammates, you know, crush you, <laughs> jump on top of you, you know. That was a, probably the most scary thing because I, I was still running out of air, I remember, being underneath the pile. That was so great. And, uh, you know, it was such a big deal because Mario was involved in that series. Remember, he he had scored that amazing goal where the puck dropped out of the heavens and uh, to extend that series. And then, you know, you guys end up winning on the road in Game 7. And what a group you had. I mean, I'm going to name some couple of players and just have you react uh, to, to them as teammates uh, and guys who worked on the staff. For instance, uh, equipment manager Steve Latin. What do you say about him? Sevy, I know I still keep in touch with Sevy on Facebook. Uh, he's a, you know, he was a class guy. You know, all, all you know, all our, all our trades. You know, everybody on the team who worked those years, they were, they were great. You know, Steve Latin was a good guy. You know, he, 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 you know, he loved the game. He loved the players. He, he also, you know. I had a good relationship with him, you know. I, I, I loved how he treated me, and, uh, you know, most times you can ask anything and he would do anything for you. Yep, and Johnny Welday, the strength coach, he seemed to have a yeah. – uh, you, you two seem to have a, a good relationship too. Yeah, because Johnny uh, somehow, uh, unfortunately, is not with us anymore, but Johnny somehow thought that his head was, sm- his, his, his head was smaller than my head, you know. <laughs> so we always had uh, big head jokes. With him, but I remember Johnny Weld, you know, always challenged me in the gym, you know, or like I want to arm wrestle him or wrestle him, you know, he was a big man, but he was a great guy too, you know, all, you know, all the training staff, you know, uh, little Polly and everybody, you know, uh, we all had a good time there. We didn't have, you know, we didn't separate players or training staff. We, we kind of, we kind of felt like it was a big family there. Mm-hmm. And your language, your English language is really good. You talked about speaking Lithuanian and going to Russia and having to sit in class to learn Russian. How did you learn English? Uh, just from uh, talking to people. You know, my first roommate was Scott Lachance in New York Islanders. And I remember watching TV with the dictionary and asking him questions. Show me this word, show me this word. And just learning from people. You know, I never actually took one single uh, English lesson in my life. So that's why I suck in spelling. My kids always ask me to help them with the homework, and I have to Google everything, and you know, and and, and, and it takes me such a long time to figure out things. But yeah, just from people experience, you know, I, I was never shy of making mistakes. Uh, actually, I'm shy, more shy right now because I feel like you know I've been living in this country for 27 years, and I still have an accent. And every time I speak in a gym with my friends, they're like, "Oh, what did you say?" That was in English. You know, they make fun of me. I yeah. got upset now. Before yeah. I didn't you know what I would say to them? I say, you go over to Lithuania and try to try to learn our language. See how long it lasts. About five minutes, you'll be yeah. like, right? I mean, you know, that's the thing that always impressed me about you, European players, is that you had to come here and learn the culture, learn the the language very quickly. And I tried to project myself doing that, and I realized how difficult it is. And that's when you become more appreciative of just how amazing it is that you're able to learn these languages. Did you learn any other languages? Because you were in that locker room with a lot of Czech players as well. So did you learn any Czech stuff? Because I know there's some similarities between Russian and Czech, a little bit. Only uh, only bad, bad words. You know, I, you know, I know the Czech bad words. But uh, – <laughs> Uh, not really. You know, you know, we spoke Russian. It was a lot of Russian guys too. You know, English. Uh, you know, I understood a little bit of Czech language, whatever. But uh, in life, you know, you want to learn all the time. So I'm still learning now Spanish, and I I, I know a little bit of Swedish now. So uh, 
it's it's always good to to know more than one or two languages, you know. Yes, absolutely, Casper. Uh, uh, <clears throat> you were inducted into the Russian and Soviet uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. What was that like? Oh, it's cool, you know, because uh, uh, you know I, I know I'll probably never get inducted in this other Hall of Fame, but uh, you know they appreciate me in uh, you know and and you know in, in being inducted and in being acknowledged uh, as, as as one of the great great hockey players. In, in Soviet Union or Russia, you know, it was it was cool because I came from you know country with no hockey. You know, we have a basketball team, but there's no hockey there. So uh, just living my dream, you know, and uh, all these accomplishments. I was just there recently, maybe a couple a month ago. I went in, I see my picture with the long hair, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Good, uh, you know, and uh, it's just cool to see with all these great Russian players, you know, and I'm there, you know, uh, like like you know Harlamov, you know. Uh, Mikhailo, Petrov, guys like that, you know, and having having my picture there, it's awesome, you know, it's a dream come true. And you've played 28 Olympic games, which is a record. No other player uh, over there has played that many games. That's amazing. It shows you how long your career was and how much you were appreciated by that program. Yeah, you know, I I, I really, uh, you know, I got lucky because I played with such a, you know, I, I through my career I had experience to playing with a lot of good players, and uh, I'm lucky that you know Olympics uh, were part of the NHL schedule. Even uh, you know I represented Russia, and uh, and and uh, it was not my home birth country, but I grew up with all those guys that I played with, so they gave me opportunity to succeed, uh, you know, and 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 to play in uh, such a high level tournament. So I, I, I feel very fortunate, you know, playing in the, you know, I have all three medals. You know, I wish I had all three gold medals, but, you know, one of each is good. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's something I have right now. I see right now in my kitchen. Uh, I, I only acknowledge in my family. Nobody cares about it except me. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe one day one of my kids who are, uh, you know, maybe realize how big, is it, how big it is to be Olympic champion. You mentioned you have a son that you was born in Pittsburgh, but you also have five other kids now. You have twin daughters and three sons. Is that right? Yeah, I have a, yeah my daughter was born in Pittsburgh. She's, yeah, she's 22 now. Oh, your she daughter. I'm sorry. 19. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was born in 1997 in McGee's Hospital. And now I, then I have twin girls and I have three, three boys. So uh, Are they playing hockey? So uh, they're all skating, but I don't see uh, I don't see the talent yet. So maybe one of them, uh, the little ones, maybe uh, they they will get better. But it's so hard. Hockey is such a hard sport when you live in Florida. You know what I'm saying? You mentioned that Lithuania had a basketball team. I was looking up up stuff about Lithuania, and it mentions that you know typical Lithuanians are tall and dark. Yeah. And I think of Dinas Zubris. Okay, he was a Lithuanian hockey player from your hometown. He looks like the way they describe most Lithuanians looking. You didn't look like that. You're a blonde guy. You're shorter, uh, stocky. So why is that? Is, is what? What was your mother's nationality? Oh, my parents uh, were Lithuanians. Uh, I think my mom had a little Polish mix in her, but mm-hmm. uh, but otherwise, you know, uh, I don't agree that Lithuanians are dark. They're, they they you know they pale. Uh, but yeah, they are dark hair, right? Dark, dark. Well, I'm not short. You're shorter than me. Oh, I, I <laughs> yeah, that's on. right. I'm five eleven. I'm shorter I'm than every. Like, I'm shorter than everybody, Casper. I'm five eleven. Come on. Every time I go out, I feel like I'm a tallest guy. So I don't think. Well, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you could eat peanuts off of my head. So yeah, you're right. Um, 
Okay. I, well, I, you know, I, I guess I want to close out by just asking you what you're doing for a living now. I know you're in the development business a little bit down there in Florida, but it sounds like uh, you still would love to be in the game of hockey just by the way you talk about it. Yeah, you know, I have a big passion for the game. And I, I really, you know, it's so hard for me to commit, for example, in, into coaching because, you know, I have to move all my kids and my family somewhere else. And uh, I feel like, you know, uh, that's, you know, I would love to do that. But at the same time, you know, it, it would be very probably expensive <laughs> and, uh, you know, and on the coach's salary. But I really want to, you know, be back and in, be involved in hockey. You know, I want to, I don't know, maybe scouting or... I really, have, you know, would love to do player development because I feel like, you know, I have a passion of teaching and uh, and just, you know, sharing my experience because, you know, I, I went through a lot of things in life. You know, I, I battled with addiction and then, you know, I, 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 I've been uh, clean and sober for a long time, you know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, I got divorced and now I have six kids, you know, and uh, being a dad and uh Dealing with pressure, being an athlete, you know, I would, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want my talent to go away without sharing it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I really, I would really love, you know, love to be somehow involved in the game. Well, I'll tell you what, I can just tell you from just talking to you, Casper, it's just bringing back all these memories of what a great guy you are, how much uh, you were loved here in Pittsburgh by your teammates, by the fans. Um, you know, I, I can tell you that it would be great to see you here in Pittsburgh every now and then. I think you should come around with some of these alumni things and let's get let's get you reconnected with the penguins because you're yeah, you're perfect. just a joy to I'm talk coming, to. Actually, I'm coming I'm coming to Mario's uh, thing. Good. Uh, end of January. Good. Well, you know, make sure when you do that you make yourself available to the media or whatever so we can yeah, will. we can get you, you know. maybe on TV or you know something because perfect. it's just awesome. I really really enjoy talking to you. Thank you so much Casper for taking Thank the time and uh, really glad to hear you're doing so well personally and your career has been fantastic. Congratulations on that, and I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Looking forward to seeing Darius Kasparaitis in person again when he comes to Pittsburgh to play in Mario Lemieux's Fantasy Camp in late January. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Paul Steigerwald, and we'll talk to you next time.